Okay, we are live. Uh, guys, it's uh, Robert Montana Jansen here, the unforgettable fly guy. I am with uh, an awesome guy from down under. Uh, well, not quite all the way down under, but from Bali. Um, and his name is Rory. And uh, Rory, why don't you just introduce yourself here to, um, to everybody and what you're all about. Yeah, happy to, man. And thanks for having us. Um, yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm just residing in Bali now and um, just got this beautiful little little villa down here. And that's my dog, Bo. Rachel hiding in the corner. She's getting some water. And uh, my girl, Lo's upstairs, but she's from Vancouver as well. Um, yeah, man, int introduce myself. It's um, That's an interesting concept. Um, I feel like I'm growing and shifting and, yeah. and evolving and adapting like all the time so like what i used to be is i used to be like an allied health professional and a physio um working in australia and i was a dude that uh, had a couple of degrees uh, um i had a bachelor's of science in exercise and sports science like human movement exercise physiology yeah. neuromuscular biomechanics you know dissecting human bodies and figuring out how they work nice. um and then i took that into personal training and then exercise physiology and strength and conditioning and, and working with um like a uh, semi-professional sporting team. So Australian football is a big part of my life. Okay. Uh, and then as I was doing that, I guess I, um, I started to, to work with athletes and also being a semi-professional athlete at the time, I was always curious how I could fix my own body and enhance the way I perform. So then I went on to study physiotherapy and um, that was a beautiful little addition because it just taught me uh, not just about how the body functions and performs, but then also how it regenerates and heals. And that took me on, on, a, on an amazing journey and, and really figuring that it's so much more than the physical body, like the, the mind, the cognitive behavioral side of things, um, the environments, the teams, the allied communities that we surround ourselves with, um, the, the, the common vision, common goals, like how that could really drive people to, to perform and, and, and be better. And, uh, and then I guess working in the clinics, I then started applying that to the everyday person and the people that couldn't get out of bed in the morning um, and the mums and dads and the weekend warriors and, and it was just such an interesting thing to see that most people that were looking to find uh, or regain a sense of normal health and well-being, uh, most of them were the biggest factors that were driving their dysfunction, dysfunction or dis-ease. Uh, it, was, it was associated more with a lack of time. So then that was linked to their job. And usually they're doing something they didn't love doing. So then that uh, put them in an environment where they weren't happy and they felt disconnected. Um, so then, you know, health quickly went to the bottom of the list and often they were parents that were trying to serve their kids and make sure that they could uh, live a life and that they always dreamed of. And sometimes they were doing it from a point of they didn't want their kids to miss the opportunities that they had missed whilst they were doing what they were doing right then. So then just, this, whole, this whole health and well-being space became this big uh, interconnected ball of, of oneness and I uh, started to see that there were so many different paradigms to it, man. So... That's sort of like the first half of my journey up until like 25. Uh, and then, so yeah, I can stop there, man. And then I can continue on if you like. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, what caught my, um, my attention with, with you uh, was with, with Rhonda. And, and uh, I caught your, some of your stuff earlier. And it, it's, it's really exciting to see uh, people starting to wake up and not chase after the corporate, you know, the mm. client. And they think that that's what life is all about. And that's the only option that they have. Like I, I remember when I was climbing up the corporate ladders and just hustling and, 
and just, you know, going around that hamster wheel. Um, I started getting burnt out and I started taking my, my uh, frustrations and, and uh, disappointments home to my, to my wife and my kids. And I remember, you know, just being an, being an idiot with my wife. And I think that's probably why I, you know, we're getting divorced, but among other things too, but at the same time, um, I started realizing, you know what, I think there's more to this than, than really meets the eye. I think, I think we're, I'm, you know, I'm really missing the boat here. And, uh, and I started going on a journey myself, a journey of being unforgettable, being, uh, you know, working on health and wellness as well. Um, and I, I think that's what really attracted, uh, attracted me to you because you're talking the same language. You're talking about health and wellness and, and wellness of being and, um, you know, doing the things that you love to do and, and, and stop chasing after. Like I, I caught one of your webinars, you're interviewing somebody and you guys are talking about like, you know, stop climbing up the corporate ladders and, and uh, really mm. focus on the things that really matter. And um, yeah, yeah. I, I heard this from a different, um, I heard this from a different webinar. Um, uh, but it's really focused on like, we're looking at our health, health, like yeah. mind, body and spirit, uh, looking yeah. at, um, looking at like wealth, not wealth and money, but wealth of experiences, like doing things that you love, like surfing, yeah. fishing, like abundant, abundance living. And then yeah. the last thing is, is basically relationships and that could be, uh, just the people around you. Um, yeah. sometimes, uh, in my case, sometimes you have to lose relationships in order to see the uh, the importance of them again. And yeah. uh, I, I mean, it sounds weird, but I think that that's the only way I can make sense of, of of what's going on in my life right now. But but anyways, in this in this journey that you had, um, I, I heard this from somebody else, like from Rhonda, always talks about this. You know, you need to find out you know, who you are, what you want to do. Uh, and Simon, Simon uh, talks about this too, the who, what, and uh, like, what do you want your life to be like? So yeah. who do you want to be? Uh, who, who are you? Uh, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? And then what do you want your life to mean? Mm. Uh, those are really important uh, to, to my listeners and viewers. A lot of these guys mm. wake up and realize, you know what? I, I don't like where I'm going down. I don't like the fact of chasing after money, power, and position. I want to start, you know, going after uh, the uh, my my essence, my passion, my purpose, which, yeah. which we both know that gives far greater um, uh, joy and happiness to one's life. So, how did you figure out, like, going through your your process there in life? How did you figure out? who you really were, like who you are, like what was that process? What did you have to do to find out who you really are? Well, I think that's a, it's a good question, man. And, and for anyone listening, I think this is probably going to be the most profound thing um, that I could share in, in my short journey. And, and again, it's like, even if there's just something in this that sparks one change of thought or it's just a positive disruption in your own mind, like it can just create this massive cascade. And I think I, I was, I was tuning into a lot of webinars and podcasts and books and stuff like this. Um, and it, it was amazing when I had to hear the same thing enough times for me to believe it to be true to myself. So, but, but at the same time, the only reason that a lot of us actually step into that space uh, of actually seeking and stepping back and, 
and waking up from sleepwalking, that, that slumber, the nine to five, the, the rat race, the, the hamster wheel, whatever you want to call it, whatever analogy is relevant to you right now, it feels like we're running in the same spot. We're not getting any closer to living that ideal day or that ideal lifestyle. Usually the two triggers for that is either desperation or inspiration. So, you know, it, it's either pain or pleasure and um, something aspirational or something desperational. And it's like um, the, the, hard, the hard truth is that most of us will get to a point of desperation before we change. And it's like you got to break down to break through, right? you got to do all that type of stuff. And, and, and I get that. I really get that and I really honor that. Um, but I also honor that there is an easier way. So for me, man, that moment came when I was like, you know, like I was talking before about, you know, introducing myself and that was up until 25. I had my dream job and I was uh, like anything I put my mind to, I was coming come to fruition. But um, the, the one thing, sorry, one second, turn this off. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Live video because stuff's going on in the background. Um, but the one thing that really that really happened was um, I, I woke up one morning, man. I woke up one morning and I just asked myself these three questions. And for anyone listening, please, please wake up tomorrow, wake up today, and just ask yourself these real questions. And and the thing is, is but like be really honest with yourself. You know, like you know, get rid of the mask, get rid of all the expectations, get rid of all the false bravado and and all the bullshit. It doesn't matter whether you're a CEO earning. Uh, like hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars or whether you're a, a mum who's you know serving at the expense of herself or you're just someone who's just cruising through life like really wake up and, and even if you're abundant and you're in, in a place of overflow like just ask yourself these questions and the first one was when I was 25 I was like am I happy like real happy like the feeling the emotion not just the, the concept of like hey I've got toys and stuff it was like am I actually happy and uh, 25 I said no I was like man I'm not happy i'm not stoked and like that repeated for days and days on end yeah. and it, like and i knew that i was feeling like down in the dumps i, I didn't clinically get um diagnosed with depression or anything like that because for me it was just a it was a sign that i was really out of alignment so i was like am i happy i said no um and then the second question i asked was was i healthy and i said no to that and that was really tough because you know i'm an allied health professional working with elite performing athletes and I'd served uh, like a hundred hours a week to, to serve, you know, the, these teams and, and the people in my clinic. I was getting up at 5am in the morning to um, after getting, getting back from the clinic at 11 o'clock at night to, to make time for people that couldn't see me um, between like nine and 12 because I had to get to work that day. And I was like, okay, well I'll go out of my way to do that. Then I'm like, I'm waking up late. I'm getting out of, out of bed, you know, half asleep and, and racing to work. And then I'm getting speeding fines on the way to work. And I'm like, there's something in this that is not working. You know, serving from an empty vessel does not serve anyone. So I ended up saying no to being healthy. And I was like, how, like I just had to look at myself in the mirror. I was like, how can I be an allied health professional who's part of the various statistics that I'm here to change? I was like, I felt incongruent. And that fed into the feelings of unhappiness as well, right? Is not being able to walk our talk and, um, or for me to be able to walk my own talk. And, and that was, again, it was, it was a moment of clarity and self-realization for myself where I looked at myself in the mirror. No one else had to tell me. And the third thing was probably the most important. It was, was did I feel connected? Did I feel connected to myself? Yes. Did I feel connected yeah. to, to my family? Did I feel connected to uh, my friends, the people I cared about most? And, and I had a partner at the time. We'd been together for five years as well. And I felt completely disconnected because, you know, imagine working 100 hours a week. Yes, in my mind and the dream and, and all that type of stuff was like, I'm doing this so that I can 
uh, buy our first house so I can get the car, so I can do all that type of stuff. But then in that process, you, you miss that Sunday off. You miss those moments where you really connect and you do nothing. And that's really what, what it's about. It's not being ships in the night just passing and being in the same space. It's like meaningful connection, like that deep emotional connection. It's the stuff that you know, actually builds relationships. It's, it's taking time to walk, to walk through the low vibration stuff and the high vibration stuff. And yeah. taking the time to to be in that space, and you know, I, I love the concept of with, with any connection these days. It's like one plus one equals three. Two independent people, when they come together, um, the sum of the two individuals is greater than the whole. So you, you raise each other up. But sometimes one partner is going to be down, or one friend's going to be down, and you might be in the high vibration. And in that moment, you've got to de- determine whether it's worth your time and energy to sit there and listen and absorb some of that and shift some of your positivity into their life. Um, or you disconnect and walk away. And I think for, I think for a lot of us, that's a choice. And um, the thing is, like, I had in that moment, like, I, I was trying to do a lot of things to save my mom and, and I was trying to be there for my friends and be there for this work and this job. And I really stepped back and I was like, I was like, you know, I'm doing all of this at the expense of myself. And I'm like, is that really serving them or me? And I answered no. So those three questions, are you healthy or are you happy and do you feel connected? Yeah. Um, and I think that's when I really figured out who I was, man, because I had to, I woke up from this, this, this sleepwalk and this slumber, as people call it, like, you know, to be woke, you know, woke is just a sense of consciousness and a presence of, of mind to really step back and look around and, and, and be, and really honor that where I was in that point in my life was a result of every single choice that I'd made up until that point. Now, right. yes, um, a lot of those choices had been subconsciously conditioned by being born in in Australia and, and like drinking cultures and like, you know, the, the hard work ethic of, of my single mum you know, pushed me to the point of exhaustion. So yes, there was some, some subconscious things. There were also some things that I'd been taught by like my professors and, and that at uni and, and these are the ways that you had to work and that that's just how it was. And this is a system you need to tune into. But when I really stepped back and I was like, one, I don't want to be part of a system that results in allied health professionals being unhealthy. Like that for me is a health and wellbeing system. And the second one was like, if I'm not healthy, then I'm like, what else matters? Like no abundance, no wealth could buy my health back. And that was the next part of my journey was actually buying my health back um, from 25 to 27. And then the connections. And I look at that and it's like connections with family and, and friends and, and like partners and loved ones. I'm like, would I, would I change things so that I could really nurture that relationship? And the answer was, of course I would. Um, but at the same time, there's two people making decisions. So that was when I really, I really stepped back and that's where, you know, one buying my health back and buying my health back is, is, is not just money, it's time. Like I had to, I had to back off from hundred hours a week to 30 hours a week and I had to make a conscious decision that yes, work is, is great. But I was like, I started working, I went from working hundred hours to a week or 30 hours a week and I was earning the same amount of money. And this is the most interesting thing, Robert, is like this concept of value. When I was available for everyone, um, people undervalued my time because I was, I was willing to give my time, which is my most valuable resource. I get like 700,000 hours of my lifetime and I'm giving these away to other people to serve them at the expense of myself, which isn't service, you know? Um, so that was when I went to 30 hours a week, I was earning the same amount of money. So say like, you know, $2,000 a week in 30 hours is what I was in a hundred hours. And then all of a sudden patients couldn't get in to see me, which meant that, um, I would, basically they would be booking in advance for two, three, four weeks in, in a row. So then I was booked out. So then when other people are trying to book in, they're like, holy crap, he's, he's booked out. He must be really popular, blah, blah, blah. My value was the same, but I just learned to value my own time. 
I learned to value my own self, my own self-worth. So that's where the journey really started. And I guess from there, once I, once I got my health back and I, I felt normal again, you know, I plugged into food as foundational medicine, like intermittent fasting, started getting my digestive health back, all things that I knew. But when, no. when you're not serving yourself, you, those things fall by the wayside, you know? It's funny that you brought that up because um, I'm actually in that, in that zone right now where um, I've made a connection with my essence. Um, I now believe, uh, see, I grew up in, re in religion. I believe that there was a God out there. We're just an empty shell and that we need a, a, a spiritual awakening in order to live happy, but not realizing, you know what, there, you don't, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. The spirit is yeah. in us, life force is in us. And so that yeah. we are, uh, we do have the intelligence to make good decisions. And ever since I started wrapping my head around that and, I, and really uh, internalizing that, all of a sudden, everything that I try to do in the past is now uh, so easy to do. Like, for example, I'm on a, I'm on a, uh, a fast myself. I'm, I'm now starting my second phase of a, a fast. Uh, it's been four weeks. I did my first fa phase, did it, accomplished it, dropped my weight, and then tried to do some other fasts in between, but I had to break them for whatever reason, uh, like for family get-togethers and stuff. And then um, I, now I'm on my second uh um, fast, which I'm going to complete, but health is really important to me. Like I went from 169, I've dropped down to 153, and my goal is to get under uh, 150, and then start building, uh, building some muscle, building, uh, like building a little bit of um, uh, tone in my body, um, and and shed all that unwanted fat. Like just yeah. start living healthy, like start eating healthy, and it's it's great. Like you brought that up because a lot of people. Uh, really need that up here as well well this is the this is probably the one key thing man is like when i actually and this is the thing it wasn't who i was it was just a reminder of who i was like when i woke up to um what i was really passionate about and like my my, my values you know like my values my passion my my unique genius like um my sense of purpose but like when i aligned all of those things and that was a process of self-discovery and also like surrounding myself with really high vibration people that's yeah. when I sort of like stepped into my highest vibration. Right. And then, but yeah. obviously to do that, it's, you know, if you want to, I love this quote, but it's like so many people are trying to fix the flower, you know, it's like there's a flower there. It's got all these natural processes for like photosynthesis and using the sun's energy to grow and flourish and bloom. And then people try to like put the flower inside and they're trying to fix it and force it to grow and like put all these things. And it's like, just move the flower outside. And it's like all of a sudden it'll bloom and do what it does naturally. So most of us are trying to fix the flower when all you have to do is fix the environment in which things are trying to grow. Same holds true for humans, man. Like if we're in work environments that don't serve us, we're in relationships that don't serve us, we're in, um, you know, like opportunities or things that don't serve us, it's going to get to a point where, you know, we, 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 we essentially, we don't bloom or blossom. Or on the flip side, it's an environment that's challenging us to become more resilient so that we can then grow 10 foot, 12 foot, and, and really step into the greatness that we were always born to do. So it's like that, that was kind of, that was the, that was the next awakening step was to, to really, really introduce myself in a different environment. Um, but that came from an internal discovery of like really aligning my own in, internal compass and you know, making peace with the past, getting present in the moment. A lot of great books about that. You can go have a look at Oprah Winfrey's story for the past stuff. You can look at uh, Eckhart Tolle for the present stuff. And then the future vision, future casting, you can go uh, tune into Joel Brown and Mind Valley and conscious engineering and yeah, um, yeah. all that, all that type of stuff. 
um, and then come back to this internal compass of like, what, what do you truly value? What, what are your, what are your passions? What are you, what is your purpose? Like what's your reason for being? And that stuff doesn't happen overnight. That happens through experience. So it's like, once you, once you internally consciously try to understand that, then it's like, go experience Like go have a human experience. Like your human potential, everything that is within you only comes alive once you have those experiences. And most people sit in their comfort zone of where they were born, what they know, and they start wondering why nothing's changed. And it's like all the, all the, all the juiciness of life like happens outside that comfort zone and even, even better in the unknown zone. You talked about me moving to Bali. The reason why I moved here is because I started um, shifting my focus into to energy. Like yeah. if, you, if you listen to guys like Nikola Tesla and some of the greatest minds from, from throughout history, they're like talking in terms of energy, vibration, frequency. You hear me talk about high vibration humans. You talk about me uh, introducing high vibration plants into my body. It's like if we really understand that there's this interconnectedness of all things and all we're really doing is tuning into that or tuning out of that. We can use alcohol to tune out of that. We can use uh, mind-altering synthetic drugs to tune yeah. out of it. Or we can use things to detox, to cleanse, to raise our vibration, to tune in. And to be honest, all of that happened when I learned to fill my own cup and serve from a place of overflow. And, and sometimes to fill my cup, I had to empty my cup. So I had to detox. I had to remove a lot of this toxicity. I had to remove a lot of these negative thoughts. I had to really separate from, from the stuff that was keeping, keeping me in that space and then, and then fill. And there's like, when I was in that vibration, everything opened up. And I started tuning into that and I was like, okay, Bali, I don't know why this one island out of 16,000 islands in Micronesia is the place, but every time I go, the doors open, opportunities open. So once we start to tune into that and we become more um, aware of it, then all of a sudden it's just this flow and effect to the ideal day, the ideal lifestyle, yeah. um, the, the passion, the abundance, the type of service we want to have in the world becomes really easy. And this is where the flow happens because we're not like a salmon going upstream. We literally just turn around and, and let it flow the other way. And all of a sudden there's this massive abundant pool just like right next to us when we've been trying to like dig in the desert for the last 10 years yeah so yeah. bali bali has a special place for me too because i was there uh last year or actually no no uh yeah 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 um actually in december yeah that's when i went down and um yeah i felt the same same thing like opportunities were opening up the energy there is this incredible creativity uh a deep sense of spirituality is there as well um, I, that place is very special to me. I, I plan to come out there like in, in uh, the end of the year, September, October, yep. uh, hook up with Rhonda and the gang. I'll probably see you there too, if you're still there. Absolutely. Um, but, um, but yeah, you had mentioned something really key and, and I'm actually in that process right now where, um, part of this fast is detoxing, uh, losing fat, unwanted fat. Uh, but then also too, I'm also uh, purging um, how I think, and um, I, I grew up in a in a, a, a pretty tough environment. Um, also, I was dealing with past uh, like abuse um, that actually really kind of messed me up. And it's a process. I've been going through that and and slowly um, trying to rewire my mind and look at the world in a different way and to tell a different story. Um, and you had mentioned that um, you had to take out those toxic uh, thoughts out of your mind. Now, is this a daily thing that you do every day? Or is this like, um, do you find some of these old thoughts trying to creep back in? Like, what are, can you explain that a little bit? Well, man, it's like, like, I haven't shared the depth of my story, but it's like, you know, as an example, like, and I'm open and transparent about this, and this isn't from yeah. a, uh, a place of like, um, um, 
you know, I don't want you to feel sorry for me or anything like that. But like, so I grew up with a single mum, and the reason I did that is because my dad wasn't in my life, right? So, and that put us in like, I guess, a low socioeconomic um, way of living, but yeah. in a very abundant country. Like Australia is a, like a golden passport for opportunity in the same way that a lot of these developed countries are, right? So yeah. I was under no illusion of that, but still within the context of where I grew up, we did it pretty, pretty tough, pretty rough, you know? And, and my dad, um, as an example of, of this, this is a perfect example of it. So he, um, he had me at the age of 27, my mum was 44. And uh, for the entirety of my life, he suffered with mental health issues, which mm -hmm. led him to find a vice which helped him block out those thoughts, which was alcohol. Alcohol then became something that lowered his vibe and, and really uh, blocked out those thoughts. And it became a form of escapism. That type of escapism then became, it became something that was normalized for him. And then what happened when he was in that low vibration, you attract more low vibration people and environments and all of a sudden you do more things that you feel bad about. And then it's like all of a sudden you're trying to like, you could Tony Robbins the crap out of every single one of those experiences and like, you know, you know, like change the story and that type of stuff. But the truth is, is there was something, there was something in the way that you're thinking or, or something that you believe to be true that led you to that point. And I had a moment of clarity with my dad where he said, um, you know, probably when he was like 40 and he was in this, you know, in this mix and, you know, the, the actual reality of this was like, Imagine walking down the street in the, in the suburb that you, you grew up in and you're a kid and you're around your friends and then laying on the side of the street is, is your dad, you know? And you, in that moment, you've got to decide, like, do I go over and say hi and acknowledge this guy that gave me birth or do I, do I simply walk on by and pretend I don't know him? Yeah, yeah. And that's, it's such a tough decision, but it was a choice. And my mum had always taught me compassion and empathy, right? And also her choice to be with him was choose the partner that, so all of a sudden there's all these past choices that weren't my own, but I had to look at it and go, well, what is it in these experiences that I can get out of it? You know, what, what can I, what I kind of use to, to be a better human, to, to really understand this? Cause these past events had happened. They weren't, a lot of them weren't my choices, but they'd happened to me and for me and around me. And, you know, like in that moment, I, I chose to go and acknowledge my dad's existence and say hello. And, and the reason is, is because my mum always told me how much of an amazing painter he was. She never went into a low vibration of like, oh, he's an alcoholic, blah, blah, blah. It was always like, your dad's such an amazing painter. Uh, and even to the point where she'd put his paintings around the house. So every time I asked about my dad, I'd, I'd point to the paintings. Every time my friends would ask, I'd say, hey, that's my daddy's a painter. So it was always about, I choose to either come into scarcity and victimization of blame, um, or I could raise up to acceptance and love and unconditional love and compassion and empathy for the, the people in, around me. Okay. And I just, I think I just learned to do that with every single event in my life. And I had to have those experiences, the really tough ones to, to, to learn that lesson. And people like whoever's listening right now, there's something that has happened in your past life or in, in, in your life so far where you can change the story. And like you can find the compassion, the empathy, the forgiveness, the acceptance, the love, the unconditional love for it and look at it and go, well, holy crap, if that breakup didn't happen, I wouldn't be here. Or if that, if that uh, event didn't happen, it didn't happen to me. It happened to everyone at the same time. I just chose to tell a different story than everyone else did about it. And it's like all these events have happened, but if we can learn to go, well, okay, cool. I felt the pain. But what's the learning? What's the, what's the higher vibration? What's the thing that I can overcome? Most of us get stuck about talking about the dip. This is what happened to me. Whereas we forget to get to walk out of that rabbit hole and start learning the lessons along the way and go, holy crap, that's the thing. This was teaching me my most valuable lesson in life. It's teaching me compassion, freaking empathy. It's yeah. the reason why I can sit here and, and, and try to be non-judgmental about anyone that walks into my life. 
And even when you reached out to do this podcast, I was like, absolutely, man. If this guy's got the courage to reach out and, and say, hey, let's do it. You know, there's so many people that have done that when I've reached out to them. It's literally just the shared economy and recirculating that energy, man. And if this, if this reaches like one person and changes one thought, even if it changes just yours or it changes one of my thoughts, then it's been completely worthwhile, right? Yeah, I'm actually learning a lot of stuff from you, like just about uh, thought process and how you view things. Um, so that being said, uh, figuring out who you are, what is now, what made you to come to figure out this is what you want to do for the rest of your life? Like obviously well, this is, helping people yeah. into bringing them to a whole different vibration in life and um, helping them live at their fullest, fullest self, their, their fullest expression of who they're born to be. Well, I think we have these experiences so that we can figure out what our purpose is, you know, because we get emotionally connected to something. And for me, um, I think I've always like being interested in the human body and like I wanted to be an engineer. And I was like, well, you know, figuring out how these structures work is funny, but I'm like, imagine figuring out like how the most complex machine, like biological machine in the world works. So the human body itself heals. It's like every, every second, like 50 million cells regenerate. If we do harm, we, we, we reduce our longevity and, and like enhance that process and we're like forcing it to regenerate at a quicker speed. And it's like, well, how can we then um, promote it and, and really look after it and, and help this thing perform at its, at its highest, highest vibration or its highest level so that, so that people can experience this life of the force in their own unique way. So it's like all those experiences, you know, like um, getting stress fractures playing, as, uh, playing football as an athlete taught me to, to, to value my health. It taught me to not, I, I could push it mentally and have the willpower, but if my body wasn't coming with me, then what's the point? And then learning how to fix and help and serve other people as a physio and then, you know, learning how to um, raise people's vibration through food and like these high vibration plants from all around the world just taught me these real simple things. And then in that process, I came to understand that, you know, one in two people in the world are living with a chronic preventable disease. That's out of like 7.6 billion people we're talking half the world's population is living with a chronic preventable disease. And then the other, the other crazy thing is that um, like the other, like that's 50%, the other 45% is living in some level of dysfunction, which only leaves 5% of people that are living in a state of good health and well-being and longevity. Yeah. And these are like the blue zone communities. And you can look up places like um, just Google blue zone and look up places like Ikaria in Greece and Okinawa in Japan. Yeah. Start modeling success, man. You want to you fix this stuff? Like you want to you start listening to people? Stop listening to the 95%. Listen to the 5% of people that have actually got this right. And, and probably the one key thing out of all that was um, this concept of social connection. The key to longevity is social connection. It's this. It's sharing. It's, uh, it's helping each other. It's the we that supports the me. The me is a flower. Everyone's trying to fix their own flower. And it's like put yourself in an environment surrounded by the right we to permit yourself to grow. And which means that sometimes the me needs to separate from environments that are keeping it um, from flourishing and nourishing. And that sometimes, you know, rub it as hard as it can be, man. It might be a relationship. You know, it might be something else because in all honesty, um, you know, the right people, like the right relationships will get through any storm with you. You know, it's either a sink or swim scenario. It's a choice. Do I either, do I either like get weather this storm together or do we, do we sink and then do we start fresh and go on a new path or a new journey? And there's no right or wrong answer, but whatever has been chosen by one or both parties is completely right. And yeah. it's like, all you can do is keep making the right choices for yourself. Keep, keep showing up that un unconditional love and forgiveness. And I think that's, they're the things that took me to a place now where I, I look at it and go like, well, 
like 95% of the world is in this level of like sick care or dysfunction. I literally just want to flip that game. If 5% is in that self-care and longevity, I just want the 50 or the 95% to be able to live in a place where they can fill their own cup daily, be reminded that they are the best doctor, put themselves in an environment where they can bloom and nourish. And then if something happens, we've got the best of modern medicine and technology to intervene and really uh, to, to help the body's natural process do what it does naturally in a way that we can get back to function and, and we can really optimize this human experience. So that's where I'm at now, man. And like, I'm just about to release a book on, on self-care and, um, and I think I had all these experiences so that I could share that consciousness with the world. And uh, I strong, uh, yeah, man, I strongly believe that like the curation of, of this piece of what I'm sharing with you now is because I'm standing on the shoulders of so many giants that have come before me and people that have reached down the we, the collective we that has helped me, that has helped reach me up. And, and I just literally want to pay that forwards and keep recirculating that from one generation to a next to a next. And hopefully, um, yeah, we just start to see those, that, those things change. And I think, as people raise their own vibration, the vibration of the world raises with it. So, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in that. I, I'm, a, um, I'm an artist myself. Um, I always believe in, in creating and then co-creating uh, with other people. Uh, and then, of course, then you, you make uh, collaborations with people and then you start to connect with people. Like incredible connections. Like yeah. Amazing. Like now um, um, up here, I have my unforgettable fly guy movement. And then I'm, and that's helping corporate guys get out of that rat race and then do life a whole different way. But within that, I'm also um, have a passion for helping uh, biz businesses and local people. Uh, and now I've made connections through, through raising my vibration higher. I've made connections with, uh, with, with a father son film team. They, they, they do high end camera work and all these little things that are happening. And then of course, um, Rhonda, uh, saying, hey, why don't you reach out to this guy here? I mean, you guys are speaking the same language. I mean, I would have never got that if I would have never raised my vibration at all, you know? Or, or ask, ask for support or surround yourself with, with other people. And, and Rhonda's a beautiful example of someone who's in a higher vibration. She's one of the people that is, uh, is living from that space. And she's someone that, and this is the thing, is like if you're going to take advice from people, or you're going to listen to people in this world, yeah. um, just number one, step back and go, holy shit, everything, all the potential that I, I have inside me means that I can be anything. So anyone that you're looking up to, anyone that you're putting on a pedestal, anyone that you're connecting out with, whatever they're doing, you can do it. it just, you do it in your own way. But it's like if someone has already walked that part of the journey, got the same values, the same alignment, be courageous, have that 10 seconds of courage that overcomes any, any fear, no matter how seemingly stupid it is. Am I going to call that guy? Am I going to message that person? Am I going to ask for support? Am I going to... Um, be honest and vulnerable in a relationship and say, you know what? I don't know. Am I going to uh, chat to my boss about, Hey man, this isn't serving me. It's like that, that 10 seconds of courage opens up a whole new reality. And it comes from a, from a point of like really modeling success of people around you. So if you, if anyone's listening and I'll probably finish with this, Robert, but if anyone is, is really tuning into this, wherever you are, whatever time period, um, just know that there's, there's two, three or four people, maybe even five people out there that, uh, are living a, a living in a way that you really inspires you yeah. and and just shoot them a message and say hey be honest be vulnerable be like hey listen this is where i'm at in my life um and i just love the way that you go about it you know someone's told me connect with you the same way you connected with me and it's like let's chat let's let's talk how how can i get from here to my ideal day or my ideal lifestyle and the the paradox of that is that you might have to give in order to get 
And if you really get that, you have to give in order to get, you have to recirculate energy. In the same way, um, I had a guy, a young Balinese guy over here who, um, for whatever reason, like I just didn't have like 20,000 rupees, like $2, right? And I had to pay for this thing um, to to get through this um, e-toll thing on a bridge. And this young dude, you know, just without even asking, pulls out his little e-tag thing and, and taps me through. Didn't know him from a bar of soap, but I would be more willing to do things for that young kid than someone who comes up to me and goes, hey, man, I want to I wanna get something from you. Because he understands something, the, the, the principle of abundance, which is, which is giving, which is helping solve uh, problems for the collective we. In the same way that someone's listening to this right now, and without even realizing, Robert, you might be planting a seed of consciousness in their mind and also your own by connecting them with someone like me through a connection with Rhonda. It's this we that is really going to help the collective me. So, yeah. yeah, just want to finish on that, brother. Yeah. Uh, and then one last thing, and then, and then uh, I just want to uh, have you explain how people can get a hold of you, your, some of your contents or whatever. Um, uh, and I think you touched upon this already. The last question is, what do you want life to mean for you? I think you already maybe already answered It's that. just to deliver... Yeah, man. It's it's like to, to what do you what do you want life to mean, man? I I want to live. I want to live a legacy. Like I want to live my legacy. I don't want to die and fall into my grave as a version of myself that I never was. I don't want to. I don't want to fall into my grave with regrets. Like this 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 human experience, this physical um, expression of of who I am. I want to live that legacy in a sense that I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to chase happiness. I want to chase those vibrations. I want to live from a place of um forgiveness and love and compassion empathy i want to i want to help i want to serve i want to i want to really um i don't know i just want to be part of a, a really juicy experience you know and something that people can be inspired by in their own way and they can inspired to live it in their own way um knowing that there is there is they don't have to they don't have to be like me at 25 they don't have to sit there and, and be unhealthy be unhappy and be disconnected it's like even if this 31-year-old from Bali is the thing that jolts me out of it, then epic. If I'm the 31-year-old that kind of triggers you because I'm younger and I'm doing something, that's cool too. Whatever it is, a positive disruption, a social distortion, yeah. um, I just, I just want to live that truth. And, um, and, and the meaning for me, like the ultimate meaning would be if I was part of, um, I was, I was part of a legacy that, you know, that meant that, the next generation of, of people like my kids and, and their kids, they, they grew up in a world where like chronic preventable disease wasn't a thing. That's just 50% of the world's population living without basic human needs the things that we take for granted every single day. So that, that sense of, that sense of like a collective, collective vibration and that collective sort of consciousness where we all get to a point where we're at enough and then we can really serve from overflow. I think that would make this life really meaningful for me. That's awesome. You know, um, we'll just wrap it up there. Uh, I want to thank you for your time. And I'm sure my listeners and, and for me, you've been absolutely blessed. And I know I'm vibrating at a whole different level now. Uh, since our conversation, you said some really good gold nuggets there. Um, and, uh, and I'm sure my, my uh, podcast listeners are loving this too. And then also to my uh, Facebook followers, um, just to leave it at this, uh, where can people uh, go to experience some more of your great content and your, your great um, um, journey? Do you have any particular? Yeah, like everything, um, 
is on rorycallahan.com. So R-O-R-Y-C-A-L-L-A-G-H-A-N.com. And and the next big project that is getting built out is something called selfcare.global. And that's where the book and the peer-to-peer support group will come out. And then um, I show up on social media and and that type of stuff um, just to, to have these conversations in all mediums. And um, so like on Instagram, I'm, I'm Rory KC, uh, the letter K, letter C. And on Facebook and things like that, I'm just Rory Callahan. So, you know, people can tune in from, from wherever and reach out and I'm happy to do this for anyone and, and to keep sharing this conversation. And if anyone's in the same vibration, they want to co-create or collaborate towards a similar end goal, then I'm all ears because I'm, I'm definitely not under the illusion that I have to do this by myself. It's, it's just... I'm just a small cog in, in, a, in part of a bigger, bigger movement. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I want to work with anyone who's on the same mission. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm believing right now that I'm gonna, we're going to probably do something uh, a little bit down the road. Um, I, I would love to do a collab, but we'll talk about that another time. And, uh, but we're gonna, we've reached our time. I don't want to overstay uh, our, our welcome here. And so I just want to tell my podcast listeners, and also the Facebook uh, live followers that, um, you know, keep striving for your best guys and you're not stuck and there is a different way of living because there's only two ways you're going to go out in this world. You're either going to be forgotten or like I always tell people, stay, stay real and be unforgettable. Okay, guys, we'll, uh, we'll end it off there. Rory, thank you for your time. And uh, we'll see you next time, man. Take care. All right. Thanks, Robert. Big love, man. Get right on.